God, we thank you that you can always make a way, no matter how it looks to us. God, we thank you that we can stand here as your family united this morning. God, we thank you for the joy that can flood our hearts when we bring our offering of praise and worship to you, when we draw close to you. God, we thank you for being the creator, God, that created everything. The God that just spoke and things were. And God, I thank you that you are the God that loves each one of us so dearly that you know us intimately and you love us anyway. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for reaching down. Thank you for drawing us into relationship with yourself. God, we thank you for the life that we can live because of your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Welcome to church. Take a seat for a moment. Uh, While I'm talking to you, you can be filling out connect cards, taking out your devices, um, checking in using the church centre app, that type of thing, signing up for all of the the things that I'm going to be talking about. You can be doing all of that. Uh, We can start passing the buckets around as well for the offering while I'm talking um, because I know you can listen and offer at the same time. So uh, we can do that now. A couple of things to highlight from the newsletter this week. Uh, Out for Lunch is on on Wednesday. Um, You can sign up for that at the info desk and all the details are in the newsletter for that. Uh, Yarram Connect Lunch next Sunday. So a few of us will be down in Yarram next Sunday and we're having a Connect Lunch after the service. So um, if you'd like to get to know the Yarram crew a little bit, maybe uh, sign up for that and come down to Yarram with us. All of you Yarram people, um, uh, we would love to see you there. Sorry, I didn't welcome the online crew as well, so welcome to church this morning. But uh, we'd love to see all of the Yarram people uh, signing up for that Connect Lunch, and we'll share some fellowship after the service next week. Um, Also next week, we're starting a new series, uh, which is called Doubting God. and not in an irreverent way, but in a, in a way that is really helpful uh, to us and our faith, just pressing in on some of those uh, questions that we all have, if we're honest, um, about who God is, where is he at, what's he up to, um, and how does he really make a difference in our lives. Um, so uh, watch out for that. Um, make sure that you can be here next week. It'd be great to invite your friends to um, this series because it is quite a, a real and honest um, sort of series. And, and if your friends perhaps are asking those type of questions and are wondering uh, why God is important uh, to to believe in, then maybe bring them along or suggest that they watch it online if coming into the building would actually be a big ask for them. Get them to connect online and Um, check out that series. That would be great. Also, one other thing that is happening this week um, is there will be an ecumenical service at St. Paul's Cathedral on Thursday night at 7pm. Sorry, it's not written down anywhere, so you will just have to remember 7pm on Thursday. So this is a a service to celebrate the life of Queen Elizabeth, who um, obviously died during the week. Um, So all the churches in sale will come together and be a part of that service together. So if that's something that you would like to join in with, um, you can sign up or go or yeah, just whatever. But it's 7 p.m. I don't know what you're supposed to do. It's not me. I'm not organising it. Um, but uh, yeah, so it'll just be a really special time. It'll be an even song service, um, uh, but just a good time to, to take some time to celebrate her life. 
Um, I think for lots of us, uh, we've all been watching the TV, I'm sure, the last couple of days. There's nothing else on, really, apart from football, and no one's interested in that. Um, But it's just really interesting to sort of see um, what people are saying, um, what what difference it is making to them, and just how devastated people are. I know that I have been. and, yeah, all of us Brits just want to go home and just be a part of what's happening over there because the Brits just do that so well, that honouring, celebrating, mourning thing, that they will do that amazingly well. Um, and just I think it's interesting that a lot of people have said that it is she was a constant in their life and now she's gone and that's why, you know, it's making a difference to people's lives. Um, I think... Uh, it would be good if people could realise that there is one constant that will never leave, that will never die, that will never let them down, and, and that's, that's God. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that people will, will turn to God because of this, because you can see even somebody like her who was alive for 96 years, eventually she has died. Um, and, yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's just been really um, challenging for me um, and hopefully in a good way challenging for other people as we sort of look back on a life well lived, a life of service, a life of faith where she articulated her faith so plainly and clearly. Um, um, but now she's gone, but God will never be gone. And so we need to put all of our faith in him and not in a person. Anyway, sorry, that was rambly. Uh, I know what I meant. Anyway, um, let's stand and we'll pray and then we'll give you some time to mingle together. Don't mingle yet. We haven't prayed. All right. Uh, God, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for your presence in our life, that you are the one constant that will never, never leave us or forsake us. God, we thank you for your promises in your word which are as true today as they have ever been. God, we thank you that you have promised to to stay with us, never leave us or forsake us. God, we thank you for the assurance that we have because we know that that is true. God, I pray that we that we have uh, the boldness uh, to tell other people about you so that that can be true for them too, that they can have that assurance of your promise. God, we thank you for the difference that living a life of faith makes to us. God, I thank you for the example of uh, Queen Elizabeth who, who lived that example um, so that that is being talked about around the world. God, we thank you for her faith, her life of service, And, uh, yeah, just for the example that she was to so many people. God, I thank you that you are the God who loves us so much that you, you just adore us despite everything. God, thank you for using us. Thank you for wanting to use imperfect people to carry out your perfect purpose in the life of those around us. God, we thank you for the week that lies ahead. God, I pray that you um, help us to make the most of every opportunity that comes our way to speak about you, to witness for you, to live our life for you in your service. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you have five minutes to mingle. Like you feel like there's that prayer of Lord send revival is for you this morning. Yes, it's for our community. Yes, it's for 
our friends and our family that you need God to revive something in you this morning. And so maybe if you're feeling like that and you want me to pray for you, just raise your hands as an act of surrender. Say, God, would you fill me again with your spirit? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come now in power, that you would fill each and every one of us, that you would revive in us that which is dead, that which has um, gone dormant, God, that you would revive our spirits, you revive our faith, revive our passion for you. God, that you would send revival and you would start in our own hearts. You would start in this room. You would start in the hearts of everyone who can worship you this morning who hears this prayer. God, that you would send revival. You would start with us. Heaven would break out. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are in this place. That you are the great helper. God, that you're moving in this place. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us again with your power, with your spirit, with your love, with your peace, with your courage and your boldness. God, you say if we ask, you will give it. And so, God, we're asking for your Holy Spirit this morning. God, we thank you for this time together, worshipping you, surrendering our hearts to you, lifting up your name. And God, we pray that as we continue to hear your word, that you might speak to us, you might encourage our faith, you might speak to us so clearly. Give us the ears to hear what it is you want us to say this morning. God, we thank you so much. We love you, we adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, please grab a seat. Fantastic. Thank you so much, team. What a great time of worship. Well, this morning we are um, welcome. Great to have you. Welcome online, those online. Great to have you. Let me add to, to Pastor Jackie's welcome. It's great to have so many people in the house this morning. Um, we have some special guests with us this morning, and they have not been here since 2019. It's been three years. But Pastor Brian and uh, Michelle and the Dora Hope team have been coming and um, been partnering with SBC since, I think, 2006, we want to say, about 16 years. We've been doing stuff together and been supporting and praying for her and they've been coming and encouraging us around the word and sharing stories of what God's been doing and so uh, it's been a fantastic partnership for, for a lot of years and uh, it's great that they can be back in the room with us rather than on a little video screen. <laughs> if you were here last year, you would have seen that, Pastor Brian, videographer and preacher. Fantastic. Um, so I'm going to invite Michelle's going to come up first and share a little bit about Door of Hope. Um, and if you know nothing about Door of Hope, she'll introduce it a little bit about what they do uh, and what's been going over the last three years. So welcome, Michelle. Let's give her a hand. Pastor Brian. Thank you. Good morning. It's very bright. How are you today? That was beautiful worship. For a threesome, it was very full sound. It was wonderful. Um, I'm Michelle. And it's a pleasure to be back in person. We actually filmed last year and it was so awkward. I must have had 10 takes because I just kept stuffing it up and then I go, oh, do it again, do it again. And when I finally sent them, they were just bad. Um, what is the word? The, I had COVID, now my brain's gone. Um, just, they were terrible, so we did them again. But anyway, Brian's was a one take. He was really good. 
But it's really good to be back in, in actual sail. We were so excited. We were like little children, like we're going to sail. So we came up yesterday and we had some dinner with Peter and Sue and it was just really great to come back and feel a bit normal. You know, we've got talk of COVID post-normal, what is it, post-COVID normal. Well, coming back to sail made us feel normal again because the last three years or last, yeah, last three years have been different, haven't they? Who's had a, a wonderful three years? <laughs> Not me. So we, we are very privileged and blessed to be actually here in person again and able to share with you about Door of Hope. For those who don't know, Door of Hope Australia is a charity. We began it back in 1996, so it's a long time now. These are real greys. I'm determined to age gracefully. But I, um, I just thought it would be good to start with a video rather than ending with a video this time. So I've put together a little video to show you a bit about Door of Hope, what we're doing. Predominantly, we are working at the moment in disaster relief. Because COVID, obviously, global pandemic, Australia has the support that many nations did not. And we're now working in India, doing a food aid program. We're working, you know, we did in Philippines, we did food aid there as well. We did food aid in Fiji. We did food aid in, um, uh, not Duba, in Bor and in the Sholo community. Because there's been a big problem of food. Food security is a massive issue at the moment. Because if you're not working, you're not earning any income, there's no Centrelink and there's marketplaces have some foods but the price has gone up, you can't afford it. If you're not allowed to farm, you can't create food. In fact, the problem in Fiji was actually because tourists couldn't come, therefore the resorts had to close. The resorts were buying the food from the farmers, the farmers couldn't provide it to the resorts. It's a huge problem, it's a big, big mess. And I think um, COVID's one thing, but the fallout from COVID is going to last for a few more years, I think. So we've been doing a lot of disaster relief and just helping people get food. And that's been our predominant thing over community development. We have still got some community development projects going in Kenya and Uganda, where they're building a garden, a kitchen garden. They're teaching them how to create their own garden so they can make their own fruit, veggies, and then they brought in poultry, so they could chickens for eggs and chickens for meat. And then they brought in how to create fences to keep others out of their gardens, including um, animals. Because you can imagine in a Kenya situation, you've got wild animals that we do not have here in Australia. And then they brought in water and sanitation so that they could continue to farm these crops. And they have them for substance farming, so they eat them, but they also sell them to create income to come in to buy more things to plant. So it's like a, I guess, the circle of life in a way. It's, it's bringing in food for the communities, but also bringing income to create more food for the communities. We're trying to think of how we can help people practically through this pandemic in ways that we can do as a small charity, because we're not that big. It's just myself on staff, Pastor Brian, and we have a board and we have about 50 members. So we're a very small grassroots charity, but we're doing whatever we can to make a difference. So if I could just have the video quickly, please, that would be great. So that's a little touch of what we do. Um, Door of Hope began because we saw the need. We were in Irinjaya and we went, we've got to do something. Not just give our money, but do something practically. And it's been a long time since 96. Lots have happened and we've learned a lot. But one thing we've really come through is how important partnership is. We partner with people overseas who implement our projects because Brian and myself, we can't go over there and do all this stuff. 
but we can partner with those who can. We partner with people in Australia who support us as a friend or a member of Door of Hope, or who come to our fundraising event. We actually have some brochures at my um, little stand, things that I'm selling. Um, have a think about it. Come down to Melbourne next year, 1st of April. So April Fool's Day, remember, in, after the 12 o'clock. We're having a big fundraising dinner. It's a formal event. It's a three-course meal and it's got the South Sudanese come and they do their dancing and it's about information awareness but also raising funds and also just celebrating culture and and particularly that of the South Sudanese. We'd love you to take a table. It would be so great if you guys could make one table, come down. It's at the Yarra Yarra Golf Club and it's a beautiful venue. We actually have these forms as well. Would you like to partner with us? We have people who give weekly, fortnightly, monthly, one-offs, annually. We always are looking for new partners. We have a, a email website, sorry, an email newsletter that if you'd like, I can take your email address and send you information once a month. We have their annual report if you're interested. I've got a couple of few copies up the back. And we also have a brochure that gives you an opportunity to give and also to know about what it is to be a friend or a member of Door of Hope. There's lots of ways people can get involved if you want to. And we have some things for sale if you're looking for Christmas presents. I'm just spruiking up here, but there are different things that you wouldn't get in a normal shop. So have a look. They're from marketplaces overseas. So they're the real deal, legitimate, genuine artifacts. And so before I finish, I'd just like to thank you once again for having us and welcome Pastor Brian to come and share. Thanks, Michelle. Great to be back in sale. Great to see you all, I love it. Uh, we have been very, very excited about coming back, so it's been three long years, so God bless you all, glad to see all these old faces, not so old faces, and some new faces, it's really cool. Well, we've really missed our fellowship, um, Peter and Sue, I've known for more than 40 years, so it's been three years of not even seeing them, so we love you, Pete and Sue. For most of us, we've experienced... A very difficult, difficult time, haven't we? It's been very, 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 very different. Um, it's a time that I never thought I would experience in my whole lifetime. It was strange, really strange. So in Melbourne, I'm not sure what it was like up here, but I'm sure it was similar. We had nearly 300 days of, in lockdown. And that's, that's hard in two years, 300 days. We had curfews. Where, uh, at five o'clock... In the morning, you could go out to work if you had a permit to work. And then in the evening, you had to be home by six. And that was, that was really difficult. It was crazy. You couldn't go more than 5K from home. Businesses closed everywhere. People weren't allowed to go out without a work permit. Masks had to be worn wherever possible. The police patrolled the streets to see if they could catch people. It was, it was eerie. It really was crazy. If you had someone sick and you took them to the hospital, you left them at the door, they went in and disappeared. You couldn't even go in with them. You were locked out. Um, I took a funeral personally where only 10 people could actually attend and that was the norm across Melbourne. And when you're talking about someone's life to only 10 close people, it is heartbreaking. It really is. When you're trying to convey a whole life to so few, it was just very, very hard. 
Others were scared to go out of their houses in case of COVID. We're still awaiting for some people to come back to church because they're afraid of COVID still. Um, when the laws were, were relaxed, we could only have 10 people. Now, I've got a family of about 16. So we couldn't have everyone over for family dinner at the same time. That was weird. It really was weird. Weddings were being postponed. My son's wedding was postponed three times. I took the wedding, but we had three different dates in that time. Finally got it over and done with. Um, people are still stressed out there, and you know it's going to take years to get over it. It really is, unless you have Jesus. But none of that was any surprise to God. God knew from before the foundation of time that all of that was going to happen, that all those restrictions would be in place and he looks to people or for people that will look to him in all those situations and not be afraid. It says in the Word of God 365 times, don't be afraid. So what do you think God's trying to tell us? Don't be afraid. (laughs) It's simple, don't be afraid. God is not surprised. God knew that our beautiful Queen would pass away a few days ago. Did you know that? He knew the very second that she would pass and he'd already prepared her mansion for her. God blessed us with an amazing, loving, caring sovereign who I believe genuinely loved us all and it was proven by a service to Great Britain and to the rest of the Commonwealth over 70 years of undying, faithful, um, loving service. So I thought it appropriate today that I read a a few of her quotes. I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try and do what is right, to take the long view. Don't look at today. Think about everything. To give my best in all that the day brings and to put my trust in God. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? This is from the most powerful person in the whole Commonwealth, one of the most powerful people in the world, putting their trust in God, humbly putting their trust in God. Another quote, throughout my life, the message and teachings of Christ have been my guide and, I, and in them I find hope. We have hope for the future in Jesus. Another one, last one. For me, the life of Christ, the Prince of Peace, is an inspiration and the anchor of my life. My question to you today is, where's your anchor? Who do you put your trust in? When things go terribly wrong in your life, where do you place your faith? On who do you rest? How strong is your relationship with God? When we are saved, we become a new creation, correct? A new creature, literally. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, part of God's family. The trouble is, for a lot of people, that's where it stops. Even though they may go to church, they may read their word and they may pray for their own needs, they, they don't stretch their faith during the difficult times. They don't actually say to themselves, this time is hard, but I'm going to rest on God. What happens when you're out of the boat and the wind starts to blow and it gets boisterous? Do you call out to the Lord and say, Master, take my hand, save me? Or do you say, all is lost and start to sink? 
We have that choice. Do you know that? When things are hard, we can reach out. When things are difficult, there is always a hand there. There is always an ear open to the cry of your heart. But do we reach out? Or do we simply say, oh, it's all too hard, it's hopeless, and we give up? God wants us to reach out. He calls for you to reach out. His word's all about you reaching out. We need to know that God is for us. And I want you to hear this. God is for you individually. God is for you in everything you do. God is for your family. God is interested in you. The Queen was interested in the Commonwealth. How much more the living God who gave his only son is interested in each and every one of you. You are precious. More precious than you can ever imagine to the living God. Stuff will happen. Amen? It happens. Things go wrong. Things don't go exactly to the plan of Brian Grasby, how I would like to live my life. (laughs) But when it does, I have someone to rest on. And I've learned this thing, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good for those that love God and walk according to his purpose. So I've learned to say when things go wrong, and Michelle will tell you, I'll do it in the office, it's good for me. (laughs) This is actually good for me. I might not like it, but it's good for me. Lifting weights and getting big muscles, you may not like lifting the weights, but it's good for you. We need to understand that God does nothing in our lives that is not actually good for us. And that's what his word promises. Do you trust his word? Amen? You put your faith in his word? We have to. That's what we have. God knows that the storms come into your life before, before the foundation of the world. He knew it was coming. He's not worried about it. God knows all your tomorrows, your every trial, and he's promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He knows what's coming. And he's saying, don't worry, I'm going through it with you. Okay, I'm not going to try and run and help you when it's happening. I'm already with you as you go into it. I've never left you. I'm never going to leave you. That's his promise. We need to learn to stand on his word above every thought and every emotion. Emotions go up and down. His word is perfect and constant. Here we go. He's got a purpose for your life. And I love this little passage. Michelle loves it. It's her favourite little, little verse. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. Very well known. But this is what it says. For I know the plans that I have for you. Not you have for yourself. That's the difference, isn't it? We know, we've got plans, but God says, no, no, no. I know the plans that I have for you. Says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited about this? They're plans for good and not disaster. To give you a future and hope. I like it. That's what he's saying to us. In those days when we pray, when you pray, I will listen. So you think he hears your prayers? He hears your prayers. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking now. He knows, you know, some of you might be sitting there going, oh gee, I wish this guy would just shut up. But God knows that. (laughs) True. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us intimately. He knows us better than we know us. 
But if you look for me wholeheartedly, that's with all your heart, with all your strength, you will find me. So I tell you, if you don't think you can hear, the, hear God's voice, press in. He'll talk. You'll hear him. Then it goes on to say, I will be found of you, says the Lord. We need to seek and to know his word so we know okay, what his voice is. We need to immerse ourselves in his word so we know exactly what will happen. We had a person come to our church years ago. And he was a prophet. And he gets on a plane to come over and, you know, he's going to speak and prophesy over people. That's all cool. I like that. And he was a good man. It's not, I'm not trying to pull him down. But he made a statement. That was that when he was on the plane, God spoke to him and said, I'm bored. He was reading a, a science magazine. I'm bored, okay? Because what I'm doing now, because I'm, as I'm watching humans, I'm actually looking at the, the universe and creating more galaxies for you. Number one. You reckon God can get bored? <laughs> he, is, he is everything, okay? There's nothing other than God. He is everything. He wants everything else to disappear at will, but he won't. He is never going to be bored. Otherwise, guess what? Do you want to go to heaven and be bored for eternity? He is exciting. He is powerful. He is wonderful. He is creative, okay? He is everything. It's going to be awesome for us. He's never bored. So we need to know the Word of God so that we can actually discern between what's right and almost right. See, it sounded good, didn't it? What's right and almost right. We need to know His Word. This is it. John 1, 1 and 2. It's called, in, in the New Living Translation, Christ the Eternal Word. I'll just have a quick drink. It's all that coffee I had this morning, three shots. says this, Christ the eternal word. In the beginning, the word already, already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. So if you get to know the word, you get to know God. Do you agree with me? You immerse yourself in the word, you're immersing yourself in God. There's no two ways about it. Goes on to say, he existed in the beginning with God. So the Word and God, Father and Son, who are always together. In the Amplified, it says this, the deity of Jesus Christ. In the beginning, in brackets, before all time was the Word, Christ in brackets. And the Word was with God and the Word was God himself. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. That's from the Amplified. Here we go. Put more simply, the Word is Jesus in print, okay? And Jesus is the Word in person. Do you like that? I didn't make it up. <laughs> Charles um, Spurgeon made that up, but I, it just shows you what it is. The Word is Jesus in print. We get to read Jesus, okay? But Jesus is the Word that we read in person. You can't separate them, one and the same. When you read the Word of God, you are taking in the very life and being of Christ. You're filling yourself with Jesus. You're getting to understand him. 
we need a deeper understanding of what God has for us. And the Word gives us all facets of life. And I'll just go through a couple now. For example, the Ten Commandments show us what we can and can't do. Correct? It's nice and simple, what we can and can't do. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the necessity of having love in all things that we do. It's instructive. Matthew 22, 37 to 40 tells us that we must love the Lord God with our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and our neighbours as ourselves. And in the New Living Translation it says, and the second is just as important. Because the outward working of us loving our na- uh, loving God with all the heart, soul, strength, the mind is loving our neighbour as ourself. That's how you'll know. If someone isn't loving their neighbour, they're not loving God. That's how simple that, that equation is. Psalm 119 tells us how important God's word is. It's all about God's word. The longest set of passages in the whole Bible. It's huge. Proverbs teaches us about life and what God expects from us. And so on. The word of God is instructive and it shows you the character and the life of God. So basically, to know God, you really need to know his word. Amen? You can't just go off on a tangent thinking God will do this or God wants this. He's already told you exactly what he expects and what is written down in, in his word. You need to mix it with faith. So from the word... Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. See, we need to mix our faith because it comes from the word. So we can't get faith without the word. We need the two together. Matthew six thirty three, But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now, that's a very simple little passage that I learned when I first got saved, and I thought, wow, that's wonderful. But the application is, forget about everything else in life. Forget about it. Everything in life. Go after God. Go to God. Make God your number one purpose. All the rest will come. That's what it's saying. What happens is, when we become a new Christian, we get hold of a couple of promises, and we think, I can be rich. <laughs> okay, I can be healthy. I can be, I can be, I... It's all about ourselves. It's not the kingdom of God. He wants us to get to know him. And then guess what? Everything else just naturally flows from that. This is the rest of John 1, 3 to 5. God created everything through him and nothing was created except by him. The word gave life to everything that was created and this life brought light to everyone the light shines in darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it if you have that word in your life guess what's going to happen darkness can't extinguish the power of it that word shines out no matter what when things are going bad guess what the christians should be standing and saying don't worry god is in control the three Hebrew children who get thrown into the fiery furnace. I love the story simply because they say this, God can save us, but if he doesn't, we don't care. We're not bowing down. And guess who met them in the furnace? The son of the most high God himself. Nebuchadnezzar's words. The fourth in there has the appearance of the son of God. Would you like a visitation like that? I would. The furnace sometimes is worth it. 
So here we go. I just want to read you this last couple of scriptures. Because I've been told that I need to be off soon. So. Um, <laughs> it's called, and I love it, Colossians 1, 15 to 23. I'll just have a little drink first. It's called Christ Supreme. Beautiful. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So he is more powerful than everything that exists because he is its creator. So every little trouble that comes into your life, he is in control of and he will use the cause you to draw closer to him. Amen? Goes on to say... For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. I am looking forward to seeing that world. You know, these are other realms and kingdoms and princes and powers and kings that he's lord over. It's going to be an exciting time, not a boring time, I tell you right now. Everything was created through him and for him. We were created for our God. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. In another place it says he holds it together by the power of his word. All creation is held together by the power of the word of God, Jesus himself. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body, us. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is a first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. Oh, we need to know this precious word. The power of that word, the tenderness of the word, the drawing power of the word. We need to know him more and more deeply every day. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. What a sacrifice. My personal belief is that there has been nothing greater and nothing more difficult that God has ever done than send his only son to die for a person like me. I believe it's the hardest thing God did. He spoke the heavens and the earth into being with a word, bang but to take his, his only begotten son, who he says, I love, and to allow him to come into my hands and for me to drag him before the courts, to abuse him, to spit upon him, to tear the flesh off his back and then to nail him to a cross covered in my sins. My sins. Hardest thing he did. Do you think he loves you? Amen? He loves you. Anyone that will do that loves you more than you, can, more than you love yourself. You might be sitting, sitting there right now saying, well, I've, I've done things wrong. I've done this. How could God love me? I tell you, he loves you. He paid the price for everyone with the blood of his own son goes on to say this includes you who were once far away from God 
You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and your actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless and you stand before him without a single fault. Amen? I've got to get an amen out of you now, surely. Brian Grasby, the sinner who murdered his son, stands before the living God without fault. That's God. Verse 23. But you must continue to believe in this truth. Stand firmly in it. Guys, we need to come to a point in our lives where we realise that God must be the single most important thing. The time we spend with him, the time we spend in his word and on our knees and ministering to others causes us to grow stronger and closer. It causes us to be able to reach out to those that are weaker, to hold them up and to encourage them to get stronger to stand against the wiles in any. We have been through a difficult time. And there are, I'll guarantee it, more difficult times ahead. Our last century, we had the First World War. We had the, the, the Spanish flu. We had the, the, the Second World War. And it just went on and on and on and on and on. Troubles don't stop. But we've got to get to know God so that we can be the answer to the world. We can bring the word of hope to every person that's struggling. They, can, they will look at us and they'll say, how come you're okay? You know what we'll say? I trust God. You know what Job said? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. For us, when we perish, we are going to be seated with Christ in the flesh or the spirit or whatever. We're already there but we will be with him in heavenly places. We will see the majesty and the power and the might. We look at the pomp and the ceremony with the queen and, you know, the new king and all. That that's, will be nothing, a, a mere reflection of the, the might and the wonder of the kingdom of God. What we have is more precious than life itself. We have Jesus, the word of God, and we in this country have access to his word. Read it. Believe it, apply it, live it, and I'll tell you, you'll live victoriously no matter what the enemy throws at you. Amen? These are just small glimpses of who our our amazing Saviour is. But I just want to read one more scripture and then I'd like to open it up for some ministry. I want to pray for anyone today that is going through tough times. We all do. I go through tough times. We all do. But I want to stand with you. I want to encourage you that God himself will never leave you, never forsake you. Now this is, I'm going to read you the blessing first. And I love this passage because the last little line is so wonderful. It says, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. You take this into your hearts. May the Lord show his favour towards you and give you his peace. 
And then it goes on to say this, which I love. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Well, guess what? Bible says Brian Grasby's a king and a priest. <laughs> okay? I've entered the priesthood. So I have now pronounced that blessing on you. And guess what? God will do it. Amen? Thanks so much for listening to my rantings today. <laughs> but I am passionate. I love him. So, yeah, if the musos would come up, I'd love to pray for anyone that has needs. God is for you. Amen? And I thank him. I'm back in sale. Praise God. Thank you, Brad. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brian, for that incredible word. How about we stand and pray together? And uh, Pastor Brian's going to be down the front here. If you'd like to, him to pray with you this morning, he'd, he'd love to do that and have the opportunity. So, God, we thank you so much for your word. And God, we thank you that, God, you are the living God. You're an active God. You're involved in our life. And God, we can turn to you when times are good and when times are bad. And God, we turn to you right now. God, we ask that you would increase our faith, help us to see you again. Help us to trust your word. Help us to live it. God, we want to worship you this morning. Turn our lives towards you this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.